0: I'm Harry, and I'm about to Turn Paper Sideways. You're listening to Turn Paper Sideways, the podcast where we talk about cardboard and rotating it 90 degrees. We talk about all things Magic the Gathering, from current affairs to our favourite format, Commander. And on today's show, I'm going to divulge to you my favourite cards to be reprinted in Ultimate Masters, and what you should be looking to pick up. But before we get into that, let me give you some social media coordinates. You can find us on Twitter at TPSMTG. You could send us an email to turnpapersideways at gmail.com, send us love mail, hate mail, or complaints that you are missing Tim... You could find us on YouTube, we've got some simple videos there for those of you who like to listen to your podcasts on YouTube, and you can support the show by giving us five star ratings on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcasts, or you could go to patreon.com forward slash Turn Paper Sideways and give us as little as a dollar an episode, which goes a really long way uh, to keep this going, and we are super, super grateful to all of our patrons. So before we get into the main topic, I would like to uh, let you know about something quite exciting I did this week. I have built a mono-green artefact deck, and um, people always sort of raise their eyebrows when I say that, and uh, it's probably because, in theory, it shouldn't work. Green is not a colour typically associated with artefacts. In fact, the, uh, the Breyer artefact deck from Commander 2016, the pre-con, the four-colour one, it was missing green, that was the one colour that wasn't in it, because green is uh, the colour of creatures and nature and uh, it doesn't include artefacts normally, so I thought I'd give it a go, something a bit different. And so I've used Ovia Pashiri Sage Lifecrafter as my commander, this is a 1 green 1-1 one, one with a couple of uh, tap effects, so you can tap her and play 2 and a green to create a 1-1 one, one servo, or you can tap her and pay 4 and a green to create a construct, Uh, with power and toughness equal to the number of creatures you control. So it goes wide and it goes tall. But the main aim of this deck is just to flood the board with loads of different artefacts, creatures and non-creatures, and uh, the main reason I wanted to play green was for Genesis Wave. Um, Genesis Wave is just one of my favourite cards, and uh, it's great fun playing Genesis Wave for, say, 20 and then suddenly you've got a wincon on board. Uh, So Genesis Wave on its own could be a wincon or it could just be a sort of a value card and I really like it for both sides of it. So I won a game on Monday with this deck and it was a lot of fun. I was sort of behind for most of the game and uh, my opponents were sort of leaving me alone and I think that's what's quite nice about this sort of strategy. Doing something completely outside of the box is uh, quite good because people, they don't know what to expect and so they sort of focus on the more powerful strategies that they already know about so I was able to get this amazing infinite combo going it's four cards so I I do love combos Um, I don't love combos which are like two cards and one of the cards is your commander but if you've got four cards in the 99 that combo together uh, that is an amazing way to win a game in my opinion and so I had Ashnod's Altar on the board which is a uh, centre of a lot of combo pieces uh, so it's a 3 mana artifact and it just says sacrifice a creature add 2 colourless to your mana pool which is great I had summoning station on the battlefield this is a 7 mana artifact with tap put a 2-2 colourless pincher creature token into play so uh, that's not an artifact creature very important to note but it also says whenever an artifact is put into a graveyard from play you may untap summoning station the reason um, it's important that it's not an artifact is that that would go infinite on with Ashnod's Delta all on its own, so it's a good job it doesn't. The next card I had out was Retrofitter Foundry. It's a one-mana artifact with four abilities. So for three-mana, you can untap Retrofitter Foundry. For two-mana, you can tap it and create a 1-1 one, one colorless servo artifact creature token. For one-mana, you can tap it. You can sacrifice a servo to create a 1-1 one, one colorless thopter. And you can then also tap it Sacrifice a Thopter to create a 4-4 colorless construct artifact creature token. So that is a, that's a new card from the uh, 2018 artifacts deck, the Saheeli one, and Tim loves this card as well. Um, and I've seen him use this to great effect. But basically you sort of upgrade your, your servos to Thopters and your Thopters to constructs and you can untap it. So if you've got loads of money you can just keep doing it. Um, but the main thing we're focusing on here is the 2-manner ability, to tap create a 1-1 servo. The fourth card in my combo was Dross Scorpion. This is a 4-manner artifact creature, it's a 3-1, and it says whenever it or another artifact creature is put into the graveyard from play, you may untap target artifact. And so that's, uh, that's quite a good combo piece. With Ashnod's altar and Dross Scorpion out, there are a few cards in the deck which do go infinite. Uh, you'll hear more about that later, but basically, what I was doing was tapping Summoning Station to make a uh, Pincher Creature and sacrificing it to Ashnod's Altar. I was then using that two mana from Ashnod's Altar to tap Retrofitter Foundry and make a Servo. I could then sacrifice the Servo to Ashnod's Altar to create two mana. Dross Scorpion triggered, which untapped for me the Retrofitter Foundry, and then Summoning Station also triggered off the uh, the Servo dying to untap itself and so what that meant was I had infinite enters and leaving the battlefield triggers and infinite colourless mana so I cast Staff of Domination. Staff of Domination is a very powerful combo piece and um, the, the deck that this was in before was my mono green Salvala deck which I've taken apart now um, in order to make this and so Staff of Domination is uh, an amazing artefact which basically does lots of things but one of the things it does is it can untap itself and it can tap to draw cards for 5 mana so if you got infinite mana you can just draw your whole deck so that's what I did basically until I got to Triskelion and Cauldron of Souls and so it's hard to tell which of these combos actually won me the game the infinite mana or the other one because I could have got to a lot of other combos but basically Triskelion is 6 mana for an artifact creature it enters the battlefield with three plus one counters on it and you can remove a plus one counter from it to deal one damage to target creature or player it's also a 1-1 one, one. The other card I got was Cauldron of Souls, which is a 5-mana artifact, and you can tap it and choose any number of target creatures. Each of those creatures gains Persist until end of turn. So what you do is you tap Cauldron of Souls to give Triskelion Persist, you remove its counters to deal damage to your opponent's faces, and then you sacrifice Triskelion to Ashnod's altar. Uh, when Triskelion dies, Dross Scorpion will trigger, and you can use that to untap the Cauldron of Souls. Because Triskelion has been given Persist by Cauldron of Souls, Triskelion comes with a minus one counter on it and when it enters it gets at three plus one counters. The plus one counters and the minus one counters counteract each other, they cancel each other out and so now it's sitting there with two plus one counters on it. You can then deal two damage to your opponents faces, tap Colton Results give it persist you sacrifice Triskelion to Ashnod's altar and you repeat the process and that way you win the game. And so my Mono Green Artifact deck is super janky, takes a long time to set up, but is so much fun. Uh, I've only played a few games with it and I'm looking forward to playing some more. I'm going to go and play it tonight and uh, hopefully catch some more players unaware with my sneaky combos. But yeah it's fun to do something outside of the box and do something that your opponents aren't expecting, especially if you play with the same people week in and week out. I've got a, a solid play group, we really enjoy playing together but uh, we're pretty used to each other's decks and so we do brew quite a lot and change our decks quite a bit to keep things interesting and I think a really good way to make sure that things are interesting is to do something completely different and uh, this is a good way to do it. Monogreen Artifacts, give it a go. And with that Let's do the news. The news this week is very exciting. So you'll have noticed that Tim is not with me, and uh, if you listened to last week's episode you'll have heard that that's because his uh, wife was due to have a baby any minute, and and so he was taking some time off sort of as uh, parental leave. I can confirm that Tim and his wife have had their baby and he is a very healthy baby boy. And so we are thrilled for them. Tim is currently up to his elbows in nappies and uh, sleepless nights, but he is still super happy. He's thrilled to be a father and uh, and so we are thrilled for him. And he will be back in the new year, but until then we wish him well with uh, with all the new stuff he's got to learn. So the main topic this week is my favourite cards from Ultimate Masters, the ones which needed reprinting the most, and the ones that I'm most excited to play with. It can't have escaped your attention, all of the the buzz that's going on about Ultimate Masters, but in case it has, I'm going to give you a quick recap. So Ultimate Masters is the last in the line of the Masters sets, Uh, that is for a while, no confirmed Masters sets coming up in future, and so they have pulled out all of the stops for this one. It's sort of like every other Masters set, but on steroids. And so uh, it's got a foil in every pack. It's all reprints. There are no new cards with it. It's due to be released on the 7th of December. Um, this one is particularly expensive. So the MSRP has gone up by nearly $100 or sort of £80 or so. And so um, basically uh, there's been a lot of outcry about the price. I think if, if it had been at a normal price, people would have been... Very, very excited about this because the reprints are incredible. But as it is, there's a bit of confusion and a bit of upset in the community about it. Um, the thing that is most interesting about this is that it comes with a box topper, and inside every sealed box is a single card in its own little uh, booster pack, and that could be one of forty of the rares and mythics from this set. And uh, there are two two uncommons included in there but it's a foil with a sort of a not quite full art but an extended art box Um, and these are going to be sort of like the masterpieces for this set sort of like a cross between masterpiece and buyer box promo I guess but the nice thing is that that is sealed inside the box so that your shop can't uh, pinch it and sell it separately. But once you've seen the list of these, you'll understand why they are so valuable. They are some of the most powerful and sought after cards in Magic. And uh, the full list is uh, online on the Wizards website and on mythicspoiler.com. That's where I go to get my spoilers. And I think it's worth just going and having a look. You'll get excited. But I hope that my few cards that I've picked out here will also make you super excited. So I've picked out the cards that I think are going to be most impactful for EDH. These are cards which are uh, a little bit more expensive than they should be, or cards which are really powerful and will benefit from the reprint because they're going to bring them down in price get them into EDH players' hands. So, without further ado, let's get into it. I'm going to do this in colour order, and so we're going to start with white. And the first card is Containment Priest. This is one and a white for a creature, human cleric. It's a 2-2 with flash. And it says, if a non-token creature would enter the battlefield and it wasn't cast, exile it instead. So this stops graveyard shenanigans, people reanimating their creatures. Um, It stops people cheating creatures into play from the top of their library, things like that. And uh, it's basically, I guess, like an anti-combo card, and it is super powerful. But this is like a $20 card, and so casual players, which, let's be honest, this is a card for casual decks... Um, I think that in highly tuned competitive decks, this might not have such a home until you get to sort of CEDH levels where you really need every uh, weapon at your disposal to stop your opponents. This should get a slot in a casual deck because it's it's so narrow. Um, but at $20, casual players can't afford to play with it. And so this is being reprinted at rare, which means that it should come down in price and uh, hopefully negate the legacy sort of interest that it's garnered. Uh, this is played quite a lot in Legacy, I believe. Next up we've got Wall of Reverence. This is three and a white for a 1-6 spirit wall creature with defender and flying, and it says at the beginning of your end step you may gain life equal to the power of target creature you control. Now this is um this is an interesting one because it's not super expensive, but I think it's more expensive than it should be for that effect. It's sort of between three and four dollars. And this is, again, it's sort of a casual card, it's great in EDH life gain decks and so I'm glad to see this one being reprinted, bring it down, make it more accessible, and uh, this is uh, one of my favourite cards and I, I traded it away a long time ago and I'm actually glad to see it being reprinted because uh, I, I, I've wanted to put it in a deck a few times. On to blue. The first is Glen Alendra Archmage. This is 3 and a blue for a 2-2 Fairy Wizard it's got flying and for one blue mana you can sacrifice it and counter target non-creature spell but it's also got persist which means that when it dies it comes back with a minus one minus one counter on it much like uh, what cauldron of souls was doing in our earlier combo Uh, this was up to sort of twenty dollars or so and it's a super powerful card having a sort of a rattlesnake counter spell is brilliant It's on a permanent, which means it goes into things like Muldrotha. You don't want instant counterspells in Muldrotha. You want them on your creatures, and so having Glenelendra is amazing. I'm looking forward to possibly getting my hands on one of these. its I mean, it's not the most fun of cards, but it is incredibly powerful and incredibly useful. Talking about not-so-fun cards, this is a this next reprint is one that I do not want to see. This is back to basics. It's two and a blue for an enchantment which says non-basic lands don't untap during their controller's untap steps. And I'm not happy to see this. This is basically like blue blood moon. It is tantamount to mass land destruction, especially against my decks. I've got four coloured decks and... Uh, I love Utility Land, and so I am not happy to see this one. But it was a $100 card, and so it's going to come down considerably. Uh, I think it's only had one printing before this. So for those of you who like mass land Destruction, or who really need this in your Mono Blue deck, for example, um, yeah, there you go. Have fun. I won't be. On to Black... First is Demonic Tutor, one and a black, for a sorcery, which says search your library for a card, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Wow. This is an EDH staple and an EDH all-star. We know just how powerful tutoring is, but the ability just for two mana to go and get whichever card you need is amazing. Um, I quite often run things like Diabolic Tutor, which uh, is the same, but for four mana, and so having it you know the ability to pay two mana and then still be able to cast whatever you get sort of earlier in the game is so powerful um so i think it's probably a fairly good thing that this is coming down in price the next one is in tomb so it's another tutor this is just what black's good at it's one black mana for an instant which says search your library for a card put that card into your graveyard then shuffle your library i want this for my meron deck Uh, just putting a card into my graveyard is just like putting it into my hand and that is the same for a lot of the decks that I play and that I play against that I know people enjoy playing Entomb was last printed in Eternal Masters I think and it it dropped in price then and it's already back up this this is getting quite expensive and so uh, I'm really glad to see this i'm talking quite a lot about the price of these cards and i think um i think that's because that is the main focus of uh, of what people are interested about in this set there are so many really expensive cards being printed and uh, inevitably they will go back up in value but for a time these cards are going to be more accessible and cheaper, and the fact that there are just more copies on the market is no bad thing. But also, a lot of these have new art, and so I think what's going to happen is people are going to get hold of the new foils, the new artwork, and they want to put those in their decks, and they might well sell the old copies and uh, so hopefully that will bring the old copies down in value as well sometimes what happens is the new printings are cheaper and then they go back up to meet the old printings and the old printings don't actually drop all that much and so uh, because there's new art and the masterpieces with uh, with the special foil effect and whatever hopefully it'll just mean that it's just easier to get hold of these across the board. And so, yeah, the reason I'm talking about the price so much is that this is this is the conversation I've had with uh, with people on Twitter, with people I've spoken to in my playgroup and whatever. It's it, The price is the most interesting thing because it's not really draftable. This set is so expensive, it's going to cost sort of like 35, 40 quid to, to draft it. Um, so people are looking more at what they can buy in terms of singles. Fewer people that I know are going to be looking to buy a box. They're waiting on sort of the the high rollers to buy boxes so that they can then buy singles. And so that is really the focus of this. Whereas before, we've been more excited to draft them than I think we have with this one. So anyway, on to red this one is a super exciting reprint. Gamble for one red mana. It's another tutor, I'm afraid. Sorcery, search your library for a card, put that card into your hand, discard a card at random, and then shuffle your library. So you, you might hit the card that you got, but I think that's part of the fun, especially in like a mono red deck where this is your only way of getting hold of a card. And like like we said within Tomb, Graveyards are often an extension of the hand, and uh, in red there are quite a lot of good ways to get things back, particularly in like artefact strategies. There are a lot of red cards which will get artefacts back from the graveyard, and so Gamble's a great card for those sorts of decks. Um, but just the, you know, if you've got a handful of seven or eight cards... Um, you're less likely to hit it if you've got only one card in your hand you might want to tutor for something like anger which also has a reprint in this set it's three in a red for a two-two incarnation creature with haste as long as it's in your graveyard and you control a mountain creatures you control have haste uh, so how good would it be to tutor up anger with gamble and then discard it sort of by accident in quotations the next card is Balefire Dragon, 5 red red for a 6-6 six six dragon with flying. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, it deals that much damage to each creature that player controls. And so that's sort of like a board wipe in red. I saw this played this week in a Kalia deck, actually, and it devastated the board. Um, this was a weirdly expensive card. I, I, you know, for 7 mana... You'd think that it would be fairly cheap, but this was up to 13 or $14, because it only had one printing. This is being reprinted at Mythic in this set, and so I'm not sure the Mythics will drop nearly as much as the Res, um, but the fact that it's got another printing is going to do something, and actually I think this is a really good card in EDH, even if you're not in a dedicated Dragons deck, it's a fun and fair card, and at 7 mana it, you know, it's got to be fair. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm quite pleased to see this. It's, uh, it's a good card in any big creature deck or, or whatever. And uh, yeah, it's also got a box topper. And so if you already have a Balefire Dragon and you love your Balefire Dragon, you could get hold of it in an extended art foil version. This is the part of the show where I get really excited because we are on to green, which is my favourite colour. And I'm just going to go straight in with this. Life from the loam has a reprint i just got a life from the loam but i'm not even disappointed that it i'm going to lose value on it Uh, it's being reprinted at rare so it will drop in price quite a lot it's one and a green for a sorcery it says return up to three target land cards from your graveyard to your hand and it's got dredge three so i got this to go in my deck. it is an absolute engine one card graveyard filler and so you uh, but it also means you can hit your land drops which is brilliant Um, this is one of my probably all-time favourite cards. I should have spoken about this when we did our pet rares. Um, I've had so much fun with this card since I got hold of one, and uh, I recommend picking this up. If you have any kind of graveyard strategy, this is brilliant. You don't even need other cards to go along with it to make it smoother. It does all the work for you. Really, really pleased to see this reprinted. The next card is Fauna Shaman, and this has only had one printing before as well, I think. It's also one and a green for a 2-2 Elf Shaman, and it's got an ability for one green. You can tap it and discard a creature card to search your library for a creature card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So you're basically filtering, filtering through your hand. You're making one creature better, and if you've got a graveyard deck, then it doesn't really matter that you're discarding the creature card anyway. Uh, this is a super powerful card. It's also played in uh, more competitive decks, and so because of that the price has gone up, and it's really exciting to see this reprinted. There is a real graveyard theme in this set. I think there's uh, probably a dredge deck in the uh, in the draft format, um, but it seems that this is the only place that wizards was willing to print the broken dredge cards because there's also golgari grave troll which is a creature with dredge 6 on it there's a lot of graveyard recursion and graveyard manipulation in this uh, in this set there's a there's a thing called this storm uh, the storm scale so how broken a mechanic is and dredge is pretty high up there it's very unlikely to be reprinted into a standard set um we <laughs> wizards do not want any more dredge cards in modern for example but reprinting them here is a great move and uh, and i'm really pleased about it Especially because the next card is Eternal Witness. This is an uncommon for 1 green green. It's a 2-1 human shaman and when it enters the battlefield you may return target card from your graveyard to your hand. So for 3 mana get back whatever you want. But it's on a creature which means it is super recurrable. It goes in all kinds of uh, creature recursion, graveyard manipulation decks and I love it. I especially love it because this was a $7 card and it's being reprinted at Uncommon, which means that we are going to see the price drop significantly. This has got new artwork, which I think is amazing. It's really, really nice. And uh, yeah, I recommend picking this up. This is also a box topper. So some of the box toppers are better than others. Eternal Witness is probably one of the less good ones, but it's still going to be sort of like... a card because people play Eternal Witness in all formats. Uh, It's uh, it's played in Modern and Legacy and EDH, so yeah, really worth getting hold of one of these. There's only one multicoloured card I really want to talk about, and that is Sigarda, Host of Herons. This is a $14 card at the moment. It's two green-white-white for a legendary creature Angel. It's a 5-5 with flying and hexproof, so that's already quite good. But it also says spells and abilities your opponent's control can't cause you to sacrifice permanence. And so this is quite a, quite a good commander. Um, fairly well played commander as well. Um, I'd say it's possibly less good than the other Sigarda which is all about humans. The other one's a lot more narrow. But having Hexproof on your commander is great. Especially when it only costs 5 mana. It's got flying and it's a 5-5. Five five. This is this being a fourteen dollar card is uh, sort of understandable. I think it's only had one printing, um, but I just love that they are reprinting popular legendary creatures to make them more accessible. This is uh, I've never built this deck, but uh, I've thought about it, and I know that people use Sigarda as, for example, a enchantress commander, um, especially because. Um, Argothian Enchantress has Shroud and so the only way to get rid of it is to really make, is a board wipe or make you sacrifice it and Sigarda stops you from doing that so you can keep your Enchantress engine running. So yeah Sigarda really well placed as a reprint. Um, It is at Mythic so there will be less copies about um, but uh, but I'm still super pleased to see this You hear the numbers that I'm talking about, like this is a $14 card, Eternal Witness is a $7 card, and that's towards the bottom end of the numbers. We've been seeing like 20, 30, 40, $50 reprints. So this set is just so packed full of value. And the next card is no exception. Phyrexian Altar, three mana for an artifact. Sacrifice a creature, add one mana of any color. When I started playing Magic, I saw this card and thought, that's rubbish, you only get one mana. Ashnod's altar you get two, so I'm gonna get an Ashnod's altar for the same cost. I wish I had picked up a Phyrexian altar because they were super cheap and now they are up to over sort of fifty, sixty dollars not anymore this is being reprinted at rare which means the price is going to drop and we can get hold of it i want one of these for my meron deck i want one of these for my token decks i want one of these for every creature deck i've got to be honest i probably want one for my artifact my mono green artifact deck just so i can sacrifice the tokens that Ovia pashiri makes wow Uh, this card is nuts Um, there's no wonder it got expensive Uh, it's super powerful And for the meagre cost of a creature, you get a mana. Yeah, amazing. Really, really pleased this has been reprinted. It's got new artwork, which looks suspiciously like the artwork from Phyrexian Scriptures. Very similar style, I think. Uh, I don't know if it's by the same artist. I'll need to check that. Okay, I've checked it and it's not. But uh, still phyrexian scriptures and this obviously have a lot in common we thought when we saw phyrexian scriptures that we were going to get a phyrexian altar reprint and thankfully we were right the next card i'm super excited about is all is dust this is a seven mana eldrazi tribal sorcery and it says each player sacrifices all colored permanents they control just an important note lands are not colored they are colorless so you don't have to sacrifice your lands to this, but it gets around uh, Shroud and Hexproof and Indestructible. (laughs) Your opponents sacrifice all of their stuff, and so I want this in my Artifact deck, because it's all colourless stuff. Um, There is a bit of an Eldrazi sub-theme in this set, so there's Emrakul, Kozilek and Ulamog all being reprinted, as well as... um, Eldrazi Conscription, which is an Aura, really powerful one. Um, Enricol is banned in EDH, but Kozilek and Ulamog are not, and they are super powerful. And these are all expensive mana cost-wise, but very, very powerful once they're on the board. So I would not be surprised to see more Eldrazi stuff pop up in EDH in the coming months. That's it for the colourless cards, other than lands. Wow. They have gone all out on picking lands to reprint here, and the first one is Dark Depths. This is a legendary snow land, which enters the battlefield with 10 ice counters on it. For 3 mana you can remove an ice counter from it, and when it has no ice counters on it you sacrifice it, and if you do you create a Marit Lage, which is a legendary 2020 black avatar creature token with flying and indestructible. So... This is a bit stupid. It combos with uh, a card we will talk about in just a moment, uh, called Thespian Stage. It combos with Vampire Hexmage. Vampire Hexmage, you sacrifice to remove all counters from something. Um, There are a few cards in the history of magic which do remove counters from a target permanent or from all permanents. And so Dark Depths goes with that. And suddenly you've got a giant, indestructible, flying 20-20 creature to beat down on your opponents. I am looking forward to picking up one of these. I have wanted one for my Golgari deck for a long time and I'm so glad it's being re especially with uh, really, really nice artwork. Um, it is, again, it's a mythic, but this is a sort of a 35, $40 card. Hopefully that'll come down to about 20 and I can pick some up. And like I said, it combos with Thespian Stage, which is also in the set. And this is a land which you can tap to add colorless mana, or for two mana you can tap it and it becomes a copy of target land except it has this ability so you make it a copy of dark depths and it has no counters on it because dark depths enters the enters the battlefield with the counters on it which means that thespian stage has, has no counters on it which means that suddenly you have to sacrifice it and you've got a Merit Lage. oh boy you do have to lose the original one to the legend rule first uh but still that's amazing There are some more legendary lands in the set, Urborg Tomb of Yorgmoth which uh, just says each land is a swamp in addition to its other types, we love this with Cabal Coffers. And uh, there is also Phyrexian Tower which you can tap to add colourless or you can tap and sacrifice a creature to add black black. These are stupid, they go in graveyard decks, they go in any mono black deck or black green deck or three colour decks with black in frankly. Uh, I love these cards. Uh, I don't have a Phyrexian Tower. I don't know if I will. This is a super expensive card, and I don't know if I want it for the cost. Uh, it's sort of up to uh, up at around sixty dollars, which you know might drop to $35, thirty-five, forty. But if you've been looking for one of these, now is the time. And I think that goes for a lot of cards in this set. Don't expect to get them really cheap, but do expect that this will be the best time to pick them up for a long time. Sort of around peak supply of this set, which is going to be sometime early to mid-January, I suspect. The uh, the singles will be flooding the market, and that is going to be the time to pick these up. Uh, if you've been thinking about getting an Erborg or a Dark Depths, or a life from the loam, or any of these expensive cards that I've talked about, you do not want to miss this opportunity. I doubt they're going to be reprinted for a while. A lot of these are very difficult cards to reprint. And so yeah, peak supply of this, keep watching the price. And basically when it starts to sort of plateau at the bottom, there's um there's a really good tool for this on mtggoldfish.com. Every Uh, every card has its own page with price history and you can see that there's a graph there to track the price and you can you can see in uh, in a visible way when it stops dropping basically and that's a really useful tool but when these hit peaks apply that is the time to get them so that's what I'm looking at doing these are the things that make it easier to play for cheaper and so those are my most exciting cards and uh, they are so powerful. I cannot reiterate enough just how crazy this set is. Honestly, if this was being reprinted at the normal MSRP for a master set, people would be going nuts over it. But I think even at the current price, it is amazing. They are sending master sets out with a real bang, and I love it. Before I go, though, there are a few more exciting cards, and these are the commons. We haven't spoken about any commons yet, and there are a few which have never been printed at common before, which means they are brand new cards to the pauper format. You know that Tim and I love to play a bit of pauper, and uh, I'm super, super excited to brew around some of these new cards. The one I'm most excited about is Tethmos High Priest. It's two and a white for a 2-3 cat cleric with heroic, which says whenever you cast a spell that targets it... Return target creature card with converted mana cost 2 or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. The combo potential for this is unreal. People are already brewing all over Twitter ideas for this and I'm so excited to play with this card. Um, it's janky, very silly, but very fun. And I think even just as a value card in Pauper, this is brilliant. This is a card which is going to see a lot of play. And I, I just love that Pauper is a format which doesn't rotate but which changes when sets like this are released and uh, we get to play with new cards and try new things and that will shift the meta quite a bit i hope the next one is foil it's two blue blue for an instant which says you may discard an island card and another card rather than pay this spell's mana cost counter target spell this is being heralded sort of as like the pauper force of will but i uh so i think this will see play and i think it's got a very specific deck to go in but i think for most pauper decks which are able to play it they're not going to want to you put at a real card disadvantage with this you lose three cards to counter their one card and i'm not too keen on that it's also incredibly situational um you're going to need an island in your hand which means you're probably going to need to be really heavy blue or mono blue to be able to play this um but still, it's really interesting that this has been reprinted at Common. It's really interesting that uh, you know we've got an opportunity to play with what is essentially a free counterspell. And so I'm interested to see going forwards how this uh, shapes blue decks around it. Because I think that really to make this work, the, the blue deck will have to be shaped around it. We've also got Slum Reaper, 3 in a black for a 4-2 horror and when it enters the battlefield each player sacrifices a creature. I think we've probably mentioned that I love uh, Fleshbag Marauder and Merciless Executioner and Plague Crafter before, Plague Crafter being the new one from Guilds of Ravnica. Uh, These are creatures that make everyone sacrifice a creature when it enters the battlefield. Four of these in a deck, um, plus uh, Chainer's Edicts and things like that, are going to make for a really horrible deck. Uh, and I am super up for seeing what happens. And I will not be playing my blue-red fiend deck against uh, against it if I get an opportunity. One more blue and black card is Guild Guildmage. It's uh, hybrid blue-black, hybrid blue-black for a 2-2 human wizard. He's got two abilities, three and a blue. Target player draws a card and 3 and a black target player discards a card. You can only activate those abilities any time you could cast a Sorcery. So this is is a really interesting one for Pauper. Blue-black decks are becoming more uh, popular and more powerful and um, I think that this is a great include. An early drop for 2 mana, it gives you a a blocker or even a threat on board which a lot of blue-black decks don't have many of. Um, But later on in the game, you can tear your opponent's hand to shreds and fill yours up. And so, again, I'm interested to see what decks sort of come out around this, what sort of ideas people come up with. Um, Is it just a value card or does it have a sort of a a wider purpose in, in multiple decks? So yeah, so those are some really interesting reprints for Pauper and um, I think maybe in future we'll have to do a a deck tech on a Tethmos High Priest deck. I'm already coming up with loads of ideas and I'm looking forward to hopefully playing Tim when he gets five minutes uh, free from his baby, uh, give him a game with my combo deck and see if I can get it to work, who knows. So anyway, those are the cards that I am most excited about from Ultimate Masters. And Tim, I know, is also really excited about this set. And so he's even sent me a little two-minute audio clip about his favourite card from this set. So here's Two Minutes with Tim. Hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome to Two Minutes with Tim.
1: (laughs) I am very, very excited about Noble Hierarch. Um, This card is a creature, human druid. It uh, costs green and it's an O1 and it says add green, white or blue when you tap. So it's a mana dork in Bant colours, which is great. But it also has Exalted, so whenever a creature you control attacks alone, it gets plus 1, plus 1, 10. So it attacks us at 1, 2. But you rarely attack with this, you want to attack with your one really massive creature. Um, I love this card. This goes into so many decks that kind of just need that extra mana dork, but also uh, cards that need... Uh, Exalted, so this goes into Bant Spirits deck because it's Bant, Taps helps you uh, get your cards out faster, but also if you attack with just one Spirit, you hit that much more. Um, the reason I love this in Commander, this turns a 6 power Commander into a 3 hit win. Exalted is a lot of fun it requires a lot of pieces to be really good, but I really, I really enjoy Exalted and the fact that you're making creatures bigger just by attacking with them um, A couple other things I'm really excited about in this set are some of the sweet Pauper cards were getting reprinted, so you've got um, Hooting Mandrels, just kidding, That that is a good card though, and um, you've got uh, Sleight of Hand, uh, Pulse of Marassa, Go Angler, um, I think it's just really exciting that um, Pauper's getting a couple more uh, reprinted tools, and I'm sure there's some uh, people have noticed some cards that I haven't, that are getting printed at Common for the first time, which is exciting. Um, uh, the thing the thing I'm most excited about is Go Angler, because Foil Go Angler, I remember once, was about 10 pounds, it was insane. Um, just because there was only one way to get it. I don't know why. It's so expensive. But yeah, get get your hands on some foil Germag Anglers.
0: Have a good week. Uh, Thank you for listening to Two Minutes with Tim. Amazing. Well, thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to let us know your favourite cards from Ultimate Masters, you can tell us on Twitter at TPSMTG or send us an email to turnpapersideways at gmail.com. Let us know how you get on if you manage to draft this set. Let us know what cards you are excited to build with and uh, let us know any exciting pauper breeds you come up with, with perhaps Tethmos High Priest. Uh, yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much for listening. Cheerio.
1: Two minutes with Tim. Bye.